1949, in 1939, in the early 1940s, as Hitler and Nazi Germany was planning their attack, their land attack across the West, France remained confident initially because of a defense system that was set up 10 years before by a man named Andre Maginot. The defense system was called the Maginot Line. It was was essentially a well-fortified barrier which was intended to keep any enemy intruders from crossing over into their land. Initially, it was very impressive. In fact, there were people from different countries who came and just wanted to witness this Maginot Line and to see how this amazing defense system worked and looked in place. But once Hitler approached and his armies began their march, it was evident that this defense system failed entirely. And there are several reasons why. In one essence, it, was, it couldn't match the state-of-the-art warfare that Hitler and his armies had brought. The Maginot Line matched World War I, trench warfare, dug down deep. And that's essentially what this was, was a glorified trench. But Hitler was coming with mechanized weapon, weapons and a strategic uh, defense plan of not waves of armies, but one massive strike with soldier after soldier. But you also see on there, the big bold line was where it was well fortified in the major cities of France, but scattered up uh, towards the north near Belgium, where it got to more rural areas of the land, the defenses were quite weak. France had anticipated a direct attack from from the German forces, but all German had to do was go north, and they came in from the north where Maginot did not anticipate, where where the line was weak. And so here's a defense system that on paper looked impressive, uh, built before them looked quite impressive, but it has become defined now from years past as an immense failure. In fact, Webster defines a marginal line this way. A marginal line is a defensive barrier or strategy that inspires a false sense of security. That's fascinating, isn't it? You think you're safe? It looks like you're safe, but in reality, as the enemy presses near, you're not really safe at all. That kind of makes us think about defense, doesn't it? At least a little bit. We think a lot about that in different areas of our life. Some of us were already talking sports today, this morning, and if you don't have a good defense, it doesn't matter what sport it is, whether it's hockey or football or basketball. It doesn't matter how good your offense is. If you can't keep the other team from scoring, you're just not going to win. We might think about it with an application to us in our lives, like marriage, right? A good defense of recognizing if we're talking to one another and relating to one another as we should. Uh, if there's people who are threatening attitudes or people who are trying to get into the, the intimacy between a husband and a wife, the defense in a marriage can determine the long-lasting relationship that exists between a husband and a wife. When it comes to the church in Acts chapter 20, God has given an incredible defensive system. In Acts 20, Paul is speaking to the elders in Ephesus, and he says, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, in verse 28 of you are in your text, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up 
and to give you the inheritance among all those who are being sanctified. You hear that strong language of the presence of shepherds to keep the sheep safe. And right out of this text, you see a few things that's implied in the work of shepherds in the local congregation. In one sense, you see that they watch the flock. They're, they're watching over the people. It's not a static business kind of relationship where we're going to watch the numbers and we're going to manage the products, but you all do your business. This is an, an intimate relationship between the leaders and their people, the shepherds and the sheep. And that's all through Scripture. John 10, Jesus, the good shepherd, says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and they know me. I know my people. I know the sheep. Or maybe that Proverbs 27, verse 23, know well the condition of your flocks and pay attention to your herds. I know them. I know their condition. I know if they're eating. I know if they're hungry. I know where they're walking. I know about their attitudes. I know the things that they're listening to. I, I know my people. Hebrews 13 gives us the implication of what that looks like. In Hebrews 13, verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over your souls. I love the description of shepherds, which says that shepherds smell like sheep. And the reason they smell like sheep is because they're with the people. And so shepherds watch over sheep. They know the people. I know what they're into. I know if they're getting fed by the word of God. I know their habits. I know their devotion. I know where they struggle. I know where they hurt because the shepherds know their people. It's right out of this passage. You're going to know them and you're going to be careful watching over them because there's some things that they need to be protected against, defended against. Right here in this context, he lists a few. That there's going to be some who's going to arise. There are wolves in the midst of, of the flock and they're going to be saying things, teaching things, living in ways that's going to pull the sheep away from true devotion to King Jesus. It could be false teachers false teachings, could be people in here, could be people in the world, it could be evil influences. And it's obvious, Jesus says, King Jesus, through Paul, shepherds, it's your, it's your responsibility, not just opportunity, it's your responsibility to watch over that flock and to keep them safe. Think about when Paul told Titus to establish elders. At the end of the qualifications of elders, in Titus 1, he says in verse 10, for there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision who must be silenced because they are upsetting whole families, teaching things that they should not teach for the sake of sordid gain. You kind of get the relationship. I want you to set up elders, and here's why. Because someone's got to keep these people safe, has to watch over them and defend them from the false influences. In fact, Hebrews 12 verse 15 gives an application of the attitude. See to it oversee the language is that no one comes short of the grace of god that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it may be defiled whether it's dangers coming out or dangers within the shepherds are watching to care for the sheep and so they stand for the truth and they teach the truth and they help the people of god be who it is that god has called them to be i want to show you something i'm curious if you've seen this before i think we would get that and we praise god and are so thankful for god for the defense he has put in place at the local congregation. But did you see how Paul began this? Be on guard, he does say for the flock, but he says be on guard for yourselves. Which means the things that the congregation was going to face are the same things that the shepherds were going to face. And even though they were placed in a, in a role, in a position of responsibility, that doesn't mean that they are immune to the same challenges and dangers that the flock was going to face themselves. In one sense, when you see that phrase there, be on guard for yourselves, it places the responsibility of shepherds 
to watch for themselves, to be evident of the way that they live. It's a 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5. Examine yourself to see if you are of the faith. To make sure that as you're watching up for the flock, you don't neglect your own life and your own soul and your own walk with the Lord. And so you're watching your life and you're examining yourself. But you know, I, I think there's another application to this. Now, I think there's a layer here that applies to all of us, and that is, and maybe it's a question for us to think about, if our shepherds are watching us and they're watching up for all of us, Who's watching them? You ever wonder about that? Who's watching out for our shepherds? Who's taking care of the men who are so busy taking care of us? That's where I want us to go for a couple minutes this morning. I think oftentimes when we talk about the role of elders in a local congregation, we talk about it from that perspective of their role and their work and what it is that they do. But oftentimes we don't stop to think about what is our role and our responsibility towards those men, towards the shepherds. So I want us to think about for just a few moments what it is that we can do, our mutual relationship with these men, and to provide the care and concern and compassion for the men who are entrusted to watch over ourselves. I want to start here because there are some common myths about our shepherds that we could dismiss this morning. I think we would admit that they're false, but sometimes deep down we buy into the lie. Like number one, shepherds have all the answers. They have all the answers to every question. Because if they're appointed as shepherds, they have to know it. They have to know every answer to every question and every problem that that arises. We know that's not true. I think if we were to admit it, we know that they don't know everything. But inevitably, when an issue pops up, we always expect that that the shepherds always know the right thing to do, that they always know how to handle every issue. And yet, the things that cause us doubts and questions and concerns and uncertainty are the same things that cause them doubts and concerns and uncertainties. What our shepherds do the same thing that you and I do, and that is when questions and problems arise, we look to the Word of God, we try to the best of our ability to serve King Jesus the way that he is taught, and then we make the best, wisest decision we can. You think of that situation in Acts 15. The conclusion of it all, verse 24, says, since we have heard that some of our number to whom we gave no instruction have disturbed you with their words, unsettling your souls. Look at verse 25. It seemed good to us having become of one mind to select men to send you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. It seemed good to us. Our best conclusion after weighing the situation, looking to the word of God, is this course of action. I said, no, elders don't know everything. Just like you and I don't always have all the answers to every question that arises. I think another myth is that shepherds can carry every weight. I mean, that's why they're shepherds, right? Is that they couldn't do it if they couldn't, they couldn't handle it. And so they can bear every burden. They're kind of like Superman. There's really nothing that bogs them down. They can handle all of our issues. They can handle all of our concerns. And it never really weighs on them like it would weigh on us. Have you thought about that, though? As parents, every night when there's things going on with your children, the amount of sleep you lose, while your children are sleeping nuzzled in bed and everything is good, parents can lose a whole night's sleep because you're wondering and you're concerned and you want what's best for them. Now multiply that by 400. You imagine the things that our shepherds think about day in, day out, day in and day out about their sheep. Now, oh, if they're walking with the Lord as they ought to. Some of our sheep are hurting and they're struggling. Some are hurting inside, internally, spiritually. 
Some have been going through some real hard things physically and relationally. Paul said it this way, expressing about his own life. He says, apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure upon me of concern for all the churches. In other words, being a shepherd is not something you get to turn off at 5 p.m. and go home and you're done with the word. You don't clock out of being a shepherd. The phone is always on. The concern is daily and in their lives. And so if we think, well, they can carry every weight and they never crack and they never buckle, you and I crack and buckle under a lot and they do as well. They certainly do. And I think we might say here, they don't need any help because they're self-starters, they're self-initiators, they're self-driven. They make perfect decisions all the time and they never make any imperfect decisions. They never have anything that they question or second guess about the decisions that they make. And so they don't need our help. They don't need our guidance. They don't need any instruction or wisdom or counsel from any of us because they're, they're the shepherds. Do you remember, and we're gonna be studying it this quarter, there's a time when Moses was leading the people and they got out of the Exodus and they're on their way to the promised land and then things got really hard, right? We thought Exodus was hard and Egypt was hard and then he got out and he realized someone's gotta be a shepherd to all these people. His father-in-law shows up one day and he sees what he is doing and his father-in-law, I have a father-in-law like this and I love them because it's what he says. He says, what you're doing is not good. <laughs> we need father-in-laws like this. What you are doing... It's not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. And shepherds, you're not able to do it alone, nor are you intended to. In fact, in your Bible, so you go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. We look at God's design in Ephesians chapter 4. The design was never for shepherds to bear the whole load by themselves. Ephesians chapter 4, when you look at Christ's design in verse 11, here's speaking about the church. Ephesians 4, verse 11, he says, He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Do you have a relationship there? God gave these roles and included in that role in verse 11 is pastors, teachers, evangelists. That would include our shepherds, pastors or shepherds. And their role is to teach, to equip from verse 12 and verse 13 to help the saints to, to reach a goal of unity in the faith and maturity in their walk with King Jesus. But you see in verse 15 and 16, Why? The end result, that these people, that us people, in our growing and maturing in our faith, would then rise to the responsibility of King Jesus and rise to the opportunities of service and be busy in this work as they are busy in this work. The goal is not just shepherds who keep on shepherding and teaching and teaching and teaching. Yes, they will never stop being shepherds, but the goal is that we are going to share the load. We're going to be a part of this work together as they teach and encourage and, and prompt and equip the saints are receiving that teaching. 
They're utilizing that equipping, and we're working and we're serving together, hand in hand. Part of that may even include the work of shepherding. That why we might not be officially in a role designated as elders or shepherds to listen to people, to care for people, to reach out and, and be a kind-hearted leader and influence for good as our shepherds are in the lives of others. Can, can you see the major point we're trying to make here? I think sometimes we forget that our shepherds are sheep too. I think sometimes it's easy to forget the fact that our shepherds are just like us. That they, like us, have questions and concerns and worries and doubts, just like you and I. That they have wives and children and grandchildren, just like you and I do. And they have a lot of things on their plate, jobs, responsibilities, things personally that come into their lives like you and I do that they have good days and they have bad days like you and I do and that they want more than anything to be like Jesus. They want more than anything to be heaven bound like you and I do and that they love this church so desperately. They love this church so genuinely like you and I do. I fall into that category, brethren. Sometimes it's easy to forget. Our shepherds are sheep. When you look at that Maginot line from Acts 20, our shepherds got us. They have our backs. They're watching out for you and for I and our mates and our children. But who's got our shepherds? Yep, they're going to watch out for themselves. Keep watch over yourselves until the, so they're watching over their own life as each of us ought to. That's not immune to us. You and I are watching out for our own lives. And there's a sense in which they watch out for one another as a close compadre of brotherhoods who are serving in this role. But, but can't you feel a, a, a twinge, if you will, of responsibility that as these men have stepped into this role to watch out for each one of us that you and I can, can play a part of caring for and watching out for the men who have devoted themselves to watching out for us. I think some of that comes right out of what is said in Hebrews 13 and verse 17. I want to end here with just three words, three, three responsibilities of sheep towards their shepherds. And the writer of Hebrews lays it out perfectly in this little verse. He says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief for this would be unprofitable for you. Three responsibilities right out of this verse. Number one is the idea that sheep respect their shepherds because you notice the first word he says there is obey, right? One of the ways you convey respect is by listening to those who talk to you. We do this as parents. When someone is an adult, is talking to the child, we say, hey, look at them in their eyes and listen to what they're saying and respond to them. That is a conveyance of respect. I'm going to listen to what you are saying to consider what you are saying, and with all wisdom, apply what it is you are saying into my life. Think about the relationship of sheep to the shepherd that Jesus described in John 10, beginning verse 3. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, when he puts forth all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They know the voice of the shepherd. Which means, I know him, and I know his heart, and I know his concern. And I know that he always has my best interest at heart. 
And so when he asks me to follow, even if it seems uncertain, even if it looks dark, even if it's those long valleys, I'm going to listen and follow the shepherd because I know him. Listening to the shepherds means I'm going to, or at least respecting the shepherds means I'm going to listen to. I was in Phoenix and this happened all the time. I about had a, anyway. Respecting the shepherds means we're going to listen to them. And our shepherds are going to have, they have a lot they're going to say. They're going to have something to say about our marriages, about loving one another the way we ought to, and caring for one another as husbands and wives. Our shepherds are going to have a lot to say about our, our parenting, about raising our kids to know the Lord and to follow the Lord and to serve the Lord. Our shepherds are going to have a lot to say about our habits, what we do day by day about our daily devotion to King Jesus. They'll, they'll talk about things here, about our Sunday worship, about our attendance on Sundays and Wednesdays, but they're going to talk a lot about Monday to Saturday, about who we are outside these walls. They're going to talk about our hearts. They're going to talk about the fruit that they bear. And sheep who respect their shepherds are going to listen. We're going to listen. Sometimes that comes in the message of a warning. I care so deeply for you. I want you to listen because you're heading in a dangerous direction. But sometimes that comes in form of an encouragement and I need to listen. I may be in a dark place and when I may be prone to shut off my ears, I need to listen because my shepherds have my best interest at heart. You also see from this context that sheep follow their shepherds because he says, not only do you obey them, you also submit to them that you're going to do what it is that your shepherd's saying. You notice how that's conditioned, submit to them, qualified, for they keep watch over your souls. In other words, these are people who are designed. These are men who are intending on doing the best possible for you. Your own best personal spiritual interest to get you and I following King Jesus and to make it home to heaven. In fact, the end of it is the application as to why this is so important. If we choose not to do what the Hebrew writer says, to obey, to listen to the shepherds, or to do what they say, he says, this is going to be very unprofitable for you. This is not going to turn out well for you. In other words, these men, these spiritually mature men, men who have proven themselves by the word of God and by the life that they have lived, both in their home, domestically, and spiritually, and in every application, these men who are qualified for this role, these men who have proven themselves to be mature in faith and in their walking King Jesus, as they are advising you through the word of God to live with that Lord, to make changes in our lives, and we choose not to listen to them, it is only going to be to our detriment and our harm. I have a financial advisor who is gifted in the field proven in his work and he says you don't change you're going to be bankrupt and i say ah, what's he know what's he know i go to a doctor and he says if you don't make some changes and this doctor is well known has been in the field for many years and the doctor says if you don't make some changes you're going to have some serious issues in your health ah i got webmd i don't need you if i've got some shepherds some men who are not new to the word of god some men who have proven both in what they say and what they do and how they've lived through the sheep they have led in their own families. And they say, I'm really concerned about you. Isn't that our struggle? Our thing today is when someone says something and we don't necessarily like it, I'm just going to go get a second opinion, right? Or a third opinion, or a fourth. 
Sometimes it kind of looks like this, and this is our issue. Have you seen this before? Oh. Oh, you have to imagine what, what would happen. Okay. Maybe you've seen it before. Of the sheep that gets out of the hole, and that shepherd is tugging on this sheep and pulling on it. And I'll tell you, he gets that thing out of there with great effort, and it's not but a few feet later. later it jumps, it dives, and it goes right back into the hole, screaming gloriously as it does so. <laughs> and I think that's a lot of us. Is that the shepherds are working so hard to get us to walk with the Lord and to follow the Lord and to serve Him, and they are striving to get us to listen, and they get us out of our mess only for us to say, I've got this. I don't need you. I don't need your advice. I'm a man. I'm a woman in Christ. And then we go right back to our own holes and our own pits. Submit to them, for they keep watch over you. To not heed this command given from the Lord, this unknown author, would to be unprofitable. Sometimes it's small decisions like, you know, we're, we're going to change the color of the carpets, we're going to change the pews, we're going to paint the walls, and we submit and we follow. Sometimes it's the big decisions. We're going to bring on another evangelist, a new evangelist. We're going to add shepherds. We're going to make some changes to, to the way that we worship in terms of the arrangement of we know the men. This doesn't mean that we don't test everything by the word of God because they, in our passage, like you and I, must be accountable to King Jesus. And everything we do is accountable before the Lord. But in everything according to the will of the Lord and the word of the Lord, as it says in Hebrews 13 and verse 7, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the, the results of their conduct, imitate their faith. That you follow those who are striving to follow King Jesus. I think the third word, and this is the word that's most indicting, I think, to a lot of us, is when he says to care for the shepherds, and he says that we are to let them, notice, let them do this with joy, with joy. That is not a suggestion. That's not the Hebrew writer saying, if you can, if you have it in your mind, if it seems good to you, make it easy for them. But you know, you know, leadership is not really easy. And so if you want to make it hard for them and complain all along the way, we're going to be reading that a lot this quarter. Israel did not make life easy for Moses. He was a very humble man, but that doesn't mean it came easily. I'm hungry, Moses. I'm thirsty, Moses. You don't care for us, Moses. It would be better if we were in Egypt and we died. Parents can relate with that. I'm so starving, I'm going to die. Don't you care for me? I know I just ate lunch a minute ago, but you just don't care for me because I'm so hungry and I'm so thirsty. Notice the command of the Lord. Brethren, let, let us. All right. There's a reason that I can deliver this lesson today because I'm not one of the shepherds. And this applies to me. And this applies to you, to us. Let them do this with joy. It seems like anyone who wants to step into a position of leadership places themselves before the target of great oppression, of immense scrutiny. It happens in business, and some of you know that so well, and it ought to be an application to where we are today. Some of you know that in business. Some of you know that in school. If you place yourself as a teacher or administrator, you know that you're going to receive an immense amount of scrutiny because of your level of, of leadership. It certainly happens in our country. Brethren, shouldn't it be different here? Because maybe we forgot. Maybe we forgot somewhere along the way. We appointed these men. We, we chose them. Or maybe we forgot somewhere along the way. They volunteered for this. Not one of them said, I, I want to do this. I want to lead. And so I'm stepping up. They volunteered for this service. 
of which there is no pay. And in fact, not only is there no pay, this is, a, this is a service and a responsibility that comes with immensely more burdens and baggage than what you and I often bear. But out of their love for the Lord and their love for us, they have volunteered to help us. And maybe we've forgotten somewhere along the way. And shame on us for doing so. They're trying to help me get to heaven. All these minutiae details of lights and buildings and screens and surfaces, that's not their work. This is their work. Friend, there is someone, can you appreciate that with me? There is someone who's trying to help me get to heaven. And if I should ever walk away from the Lord, there are six men who's going to be right on my doorstep because they love me. And not just that. I'm not alone in caring for my wife. She is my responsibility, but I've got six men who are helping me because they're watching out for her. And I'm not alone as a dad because while they are my responsibility, I've got, I've got six men who are leading and teaching and caring for my children. Maybe I've forgotten somewhere along the way. They're not businessmen trying to boss the sheep around, dragging us through the wilderness. These are compassionate shepherds who are trying to get us home. And maybe we forgot somewhere, somewhere along the way. You know, they're just like me, and they're just like you. Because I need a lot of patience from you. And I need a lot of grace from you. I need a lot of deference from you. And just like you need from me. Because these are sheep. Sheep who are leading sheep. Paul would say it this way. We request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. Do you hear the call of Paul? I want you to love them and esteem them highly. How can we do so? Well, kind words, thoughtful gifts, time spent with them, where it's not, hey, we need to talk. It's just, let's just talk to talk. Let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. We do so by being a listening ear. Is there anything you want to talk about? Often you receive. Is there anything that you'd like to share? We do so by offering counsel. They counsel us. Can I offer any encouragement or wisdom or instruction to you just to build you up, to offer you some wisdom from the word of God? We do so by being defensive of our shepherds. Any message of gossip, any negative word, we stop it in the moment. I will tell you right now, if you want to speak evil of my wife, you're going to find the, the fastest way to be shut up in the moment. And if you want to speak about our shepherds, it ends right there. You don't speak evil of our shepherds. You want to criticize them? You want to complain about them? It ends because this sheep protects the men who protects us. We don't allow that gossip to happen because we esteem them highly. We love them greatly. And so we offer kindness. We offer encouragement. And in fact, maybe what we ought to offer more often than we do is simply the words they need to hear. We end with right here, five things our shepherds need to hear and they need to hear it regularly, which means they need to hear it this morning. And they need to hear it consistently from their people. Number one, I pray for you. I take your name before the throne of God. I, when I bend in prayer, take your specific name to the throne that as you bear the burdens of trying to care for so many people and leading us to King Jesus, I pray for you. 
and I pray for your well-being. I pray for your heart. I pray for your family. I pray for you. Secondly, I trust you. We live in an age in a society where everyone tends to distrust anyone in leadership in any role, but that's different here because I trust you. I know you. I know your heart. I know that you have been proven in time past, and so I trust you. I trust your decisions. I trust your judgment. I trust your, your, your wisdom, and I pray for your wife. One of the most overlooked positions in a local congregation, and yet one of the most important positions in a local congregation is the shepherd's wife. And it's so easy so often to focus on the man and to forget the missus. I, I think about her. I want you to know that I see her and I see her role and that I love her and I care for her. And I want you to know that as I'm praying for you, I'm praying for her because I know that when you come home burdened, she is burdened well. And when you are hurting, I know that she is hurting. I know that you bear this work together. And so I want you to know that as I love you and care for you and pray for you, that I am praying for her as well. And I think our future is bright. It's so easy to live in the glory days. Things were really good back in the 50s. Things were really good back in the 1980s. And maybe they were. But in saying, I think our future is bright, is saying this. I believe in the vision that you have for this, for this flock. I, I trust in the vision that you have for us. And I know that if it's the Lord's will and the Lord's blessing, and we all do what it is that God intends us to do through your leadership, better days are before us. In fact, our best days have yet to come. And I believe that. And I want you to know that I believe in that. And then finally, I just, I just want to say thank you for who you are, for what you do, and the ways that you serve. I just, I just want to say so deeply how much I'm so thankful for you and what you do. Can you imagine the difference in the hearts of our men that as they try and care for the sheep, the sheep in turn take care of their shepherds. Watch out for the flock but keep watch over yourselves. Brethren, when sheep follow the shepherds and that shepherd is following the true shepherd, harmony exists. A local church can grow. But brethren, God is glorified when that takes place. So to Joe and James and Rick and Ricky and to Terry and to Breck, we are a people who today and going forward need to say how much we love you. We're thankful for you. We wouldn't be where we are without you. You've taken good care of us. You've led us to where we are today. And we're going to be a people com committed to taking care of you and serving you along the way. Thank you, brethren. Let's make this a good day. Thank you for connecting with us this morning. We're so thankful that you were able to do that. If you have questions, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you. You can contact us at www.thebibleway.com or questions at thebibleway.com. Questions at thebibleway.com. We'd love to have you in person. Come if you can. But thank you for connecting with us.